Welcome to episode 21 of Ask the Grounding Experts, where our experts from ENS Grounding Solutions answer your engineering questions about the world of grounding and earthing. Today, our very own David Stockin talks codes, as in the National Electrical Code, and he goes through the top three things the NEC needs to change, because even though it can be difficult, change is good, right? Bring it on, David. All right, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the top three things the National Electrical Code needs to change in the grounding section, Article 250, in my opinion, of course. Uh, so first of all, before we get into a little step back so we get a little fundamentals under our belt, uh, remember, of course, we've talked about this in the past, that uh, copper is somewhere between 12 to 17 times more conductive in a pure DC uh, level than steel is and anywhere between 250 to 6,000 times less magnetic or more permeable in an AC level. So good rule of thumb, somewhere steel is only about 3 to 12% as effective as copper is. And uh, I like to say that for the electricity uh, steel is like driving down the freeway in rush hour, where copper is like driving down the freeway at 3 in the morning when no one's out there, right? You just can get where you're going quickly and efficiently during rush hour, not so quick, not so efficient, right? Um, so um, that's a very key important thing. And, and with steel, remember, steel has to form magnetic fields. And those magnetic fields have to form and then they have to collapse. And when they collapse, they put energy back into the system and that takes time. Um, copper is diamagnetic. It means it wants to help to collapse magnetic fields. So that's why we love copper so much in grounding is a lot of it has to do with the electromagnetic interference that's being caused. And I want you to think about if you've ever walked into a data center, like one of these Google data centers or any of the big computer data centers, um, and they're usually up on raised floors. And if you, you know, got the little suction cups and pulled one of the little square uh, access hatches open and you look down underneath, you would see a series of pedestals holding everything up. And every single pedestal would be bonded. And below it, you'd also see a three-foot-on-center copper mesh throughout the entire undergrade of that those server racks. And, of course, every server rack would have... Uh, copper bonds and the various components inside would also have copper bonds to a ground bar. But the point of the three foot on center mesh down below is that if, if we had glasses that could see electromagnetic fields, those servers would have the, you'd see these massive fields coming off the servers. In fact, on the back of your computer and any electronic hardware you have, you'll see a little FCC warning label talking about the electromagnetic radiation. It actually is broadcasting radio frequencies that can be picked up if you have the right equipment. In fact, certain manufacturing centers may not be underneath airplane runways because they generate enough RF that they can actually interfere with airplanes. So, the same thing happens with these servers. They're generating massive electromagnetic fields, and that copper mesh helps to suck that energy up, collapse those fields, get that energy out and down into an electrode somewhere, and get those unwanted electrons down into the earth. 
um, and do it quickly because if not, there's so many magnetic fields, they'll start cross-coupling and you get all kinds of interference and that equals data losses. So this is what we're talking about today is where the top three things that the NEC is dropping the ball on a little bit uh, on this is a lot has to do with electromagnetic interference. And in the IEC, they have an entire section dedicated to the reduction of electromagnetic interference and something that our NEC needs to do a little catch up on as well. And in grounding, we have three key areas that they uh, should really make an improvement on. And one of them is going to be, uh, everyone should know this, and I hope everybody out there would agree with me, is that conduit, EMT, and conduit should not be allowed to be used as a gro equipment grounding conductor. Uh, you should put a real copper wire in your circuits. So when we're talking, remember, when we're talking about an equipment grounding conductor, the EGC, we're talking about the ground wire that goes from the electrical panel out to your branch circuit. And right now, uh, the NEC still allows you to use EMT and various conduits as that conductor. It's old school. It causes nothing but problems. It leads to death deaths of people when electrocutions happen, when faults occur and they can't clear the faults quickly enough. It should be banned. It should have been banned 40 years ago. Uh, and uh, I really, there's not a lot to say, particularly when it comes to EMT with the simple screw connections. Rigid, you got a bit more of a solid argument there, I'll agree. But honestly, the steel, it's, it's high impedance. It's not a low impedance uh, circuit, particularly when you have high current faults. Uh, because the magnetic fields are going to form and we should mandate a copper ground wire to every single branch circuit all the way out to the to the last circuit. Uh, it's the 21st century folks. We've got a lot of electronics today. It's time to get rid of that old school thing and just ban it already. Seriously. So that's the number one is that one. The second one is the uh, exception in article 250.50 that allows you not to bond steel rebar in the concrete foundations. So if you recall, in, uh, we're required to bond the steel rebar in our concrete foundations unless the concrete guy accidentally forgot to leave a bond point for you, uh, then it's not required. You can skip it. Well, that should be banned. This is highly dangerous. The safest, most important thing you can do for your family, for your businesses, whatever, is to make sure that that steel rebar is bonded to the grounding system. Not only do you have an electromagnetic issue where that steel rebar will suck up electromagnetic energy and reflect that back up into your computers and servers or anything that you have down in there, but it also be presents a step and touch voltage issue for you. If a fault were to occur and your hands at a thousand volts, we want your feet also at a thousand volts and by making sure that that's bonded it makes sure that there's a zero volt differential between you and your and your hands when people get electrocuted and they're standing on concrete here you go uh, improper fault current path to make sure that circuit breakers are tripping and it has everything to do with failing to bond that steel rebar uh, if the concrete guy forgot to leave a piece of rebar for you to bond bust up the concrete and get in there and make sure that you have that uh, that that thing bonded right 
So uh, that's one of the number one issues that you can do for safety is to make sure that steel rebar is properly bonded to your grounding system. And that includes even when you have a vapor barrier uh, underneath or you're using epoxy coated rebar. You still want to make sure it's bonded because the electricity and magnetic fields will pass right through all of that and you still want to make sure you get the current off there so that magnetic fields don't form on there and uh, you get the unwanted current so you reduce uh, corrosion risk right when corrosion starts happening the the steel will expand to at least two and a half times its size and can generate something like 35 megapascals of energy more than enough to start cracking your concrete foundation so bonding it also helps to get rid of those uh, longitudinal current flows which can increase corrosion in your electrochemical uh, corrosion problems, the galvanic corrosion series, right? So many, many good reasons to bond up your steel rebar and your concrete foundations. Um, the other one we like we should have is uh, uh, using our structural steel as a conductor for the exact same reasons. As you know right now you're allowed to take the structural steel member, the I-beams, and you can use it for both lightning protection systems and you can use it for bonding up uh, various uh, uh, transformers in your panels to move uh, to get it down to the grounding electrode. Classic example, a four-story building. Uh, you have a steel I-beam and all of the fourth floor is bonded to that steel I-beam. All the grounding on the third floor gets bonded to the steel I-beam. All the second floor gets bonded down to the first floor which gets bonded and that finally at the bottom it gets tied to some electrode system at some level. Again we're uh, we're breaking the copper to copper path for our fault current path. We're adding in impedances. We're allowing that steel I-beam to become charged and become part of the fault current path and that induces magnetic issues slows down circuit breaker trip times everything all this stuff happens that we talked about with any other electromagnetic interference and frankly 10 feet of copper in today's age and environment really what are you saving by not running uh, copper so if you've got a steel i-beam and you know that that's going to be the primary bonding point for your electrical system why not install a simple ground bar and a copper wire up uh, to the fourth floor all the way through and have a nice steady consistent bonding point that ensures that you have copper to copper to copper path all the way out to your final electrode system. So in conclusion our top three things that uh, I believe uh, should be changed in the National Electrical Code Article 250 is going to be making sure that we remove that exception in Article 250.50 that allows you to not bond the steel uh, rebar in your concrete and foundation, your concrete encased electrodes that should be removed. You must do it. You should do it every single time, all the time, and it should be removed. It's really unsafe to allow that. Number two, we need to stop using conduit as an electro equipment grounding conductor. We shouldn't allow it. Put a copper wire in your branch circuits, uh, period. Uh, and as far as that goes, same thing with Edison circuits, right? We should not share neutrals, but that's another story. And um, uh, last but not least, of course, is making sure that our steel I-beams are not used as a conductor either. We should use a piece of copper for those critical fault current paths that deal with human safety. 
Um, so that wraps up today's uh, uh, episode. Um, if you're listening to us on a podcast, uh, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment or give us a nice rating if you feel like it. Um, also, we have, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit like, leave a comment below. Uh, there'll be links to all of this uh, here right below, I guess, uh, in the field. and You can find a ton of good information in there. Feel free to visit our website and feel free to give us a call. We love hearing from you. Uh, thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please give us a rating, share with a friend, and leave us a comment. We love to hear from our listeners. If you would like to learn more about the amazing world of electrical engineering and grounding, or would like to sign up for some of our world-renowned online training courses, please visit us at esgrounding.com. That's E as in Edward, S as in Sam, grounding.com. If you have a question that you would like our experts to answer, please post it on our blog, which you'll find on our website homepage. Or you can shoot us an email at asktheexperts at esgrounding.com. We'll see you next time.